Hey guys, it's Shivangal Shay here, and we are Anime Atlas. A little bit of confession: this is our first show, and hundred and first take. Okay, yeah, we had a hundred take just before this, and yeah, it was a bit funny, wasn't it, Shivangal? I mean, just keep in mind, it's the hundred and first take of the intro. <laughs> you know what I mean? Of the hello, we are Anime Atlas. You see? Exactly. So. Let's let's just go to the topic now. Yeah. So obviously we are going to talk about anime here, and just to put in retrospect, we have had some great anime content this year, like with Attack of Titans season four, My Hero Academia season four, Baruto. It's it's absolutely amazing the content we have here. I mean, we, even, we even have this very interesting show. This is a Wonder Egg priority. I mean. Not as many people as those who have seen, for example, Shingeki or no Kyojin or something like that, but still very interesting shows you have this year. You know, even the less exactly, and and that's why we made this show that we can actually tell you all the amazing content which is there on the anime side of things. Look, talking about anime as a a medium of film, it's basically it's basically art. You know, you know what I'm saying, Shivang. It's art. I know, I know absolutely what you're saying, and the way I see it is that anime allows, I mean, it allows the filmmakers, the directors, these people to show emotions visually and to show thoughts visually. And what happens with that is that the visual manifestation seems very natural as it fits into the overall animated form. It's not, it's not like superimposed on it. It's very organic. And I think that lends it an entire new. Layer of emotionality of power in its meaning, you know, like when someone feels something, you see it, you see it in these colorful, in these colorful, vibrant, dynamic ways. You know what I mean? And that just makes it hit home. So many animes. It's not one specific thing, but I mean, I mean, of course, some do better than others, but it's something so unique that I feel that is almost exclusively, from what I have seen, in it's an anime, ex- almost exclusively, you know. Exactly, like these anime films just make me so so emotional. Like, I I watched this film a few weeks ago. It's known as a Silent Voice. Absolutely amazing film. Shivang, have you seen that film? Like, I've seen it's, it. I've it's seen so it. emotional. It's exactly the kind of film that hits you like a truck. You know, it's just super powerful. Oh, if you have seen it, I guess today's show should be about a Silent Voice because it's absolutely. It's such an emotional ride to go on. Like the story itself is going to just wreck you. So I guess before we continue with uh, our podcast, I guess, and we urge you to watch uh, this movie, A Silent Voice. It's on Netflix. It's absolutely amazing. You're going to love it. Uh, and this is the spoiler alert. So basically, now we can start. Yeah, exactly. Go take some tissues and watch it, and come back. Cool. Exactly. Exactly. So, okay, let's let's just go a little bit into the story of this film. Uh, so basically, a silent voice is about a boy and a girl, but it's it's not at all a typical romantic story. It's not even a romantic story at all. It's basically about the growth of two people, and one of them is. a girl who's basically can't hear she has a uh, she can't hear at all and this film basically covers the journey of these two people from their preteen ages to their uh, 
to uh, their high school uh, times and basically it's just going to wreck you i i can't say this enough shivant like how did you feel when you were seeing this film i mean i felt deeply moved because i mean it's the kind of show that does not it does not divide things into good and evil good good or bad and these kind of somewhat black and white labels i mean it's it's a it's a kind of film that it really blurs the boundaries between these things and shows us all as human beings not as necessarily perfect angels and not necessarily as devils either you know what i mean so i think that exactly. that is something deeply valuable i mean that's what you see in the development of characters that 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 i mean are there within this film it's okay let me something ex- extraordinary don't you think look i i'll just tell you about my favorites a segment of this whole film it's the starting few minutes like it's it almost surprised me the it it made me feel bad for the characters but on the other hand it made me think about the characters like the girl in specific like the way she actually handled all the bullying that she went through particularly from the boy who's her main who's the other main protagonist of this film like both of them go through a journey which is so unique something which you don't find in any type of film live action or anime i can't stress that enough yeah i mean one thing that i would like to specifically say is that the way the character of shoko nishimiya i mean the girl who is hearing impaired the way she yeah. presented as being extremely naive you know what i mean the fact that we do not see a bitter side to her until the very end of the section and i mean it's not even bitter because it's quite justified you know what i mean but it's always she's offering her hand in friendship to her bully shoya ishida you know what i mean so in mm. that sense what we see is that just makes it all the more cruel that that you see this person who so i mean yeah she, we firstly we, we do feel an amount of sympathy for her since since she is hearing impaired however okay that's made even that I mean that's made even more by the fact that she is she is presented as such a such a pure human being as as someone who is i mean so un, uncorrupted by all these things that that is ha- that are happening around her the way every time there is a fight she does not seem to fight back whenever she's bullied she does not she does not try to reciprocate in any way anyway but rather reciprocates reciprocates in the opposite way you know what i mean so i mean it's like this film has a lot of confusing emotions like shoya's character when we are introduced to shoya basically he's about to commit suicide yeah he's at, he he he's going to attempt like that's where the film starts yeah. but as it gradually progresses you see the preteen shoya and all the pulling that he does basically towards uh, shoto and it's basically very sad you feel sad for the girl and you absolutely think of hating the boy yeah. but the fact is you just saw that boy who is going to commit suicide what how is the story going to progress that's such an interesting way to start a film like just getting all of it in the middle like it's absolutely it's very interesting yeah because i mean the fact that he's committing suicide towards the the beginning attempting to commit suicide rather i mean that creates this kind of overlap between victim and and i mean the person who's victimizing others you know what i mean because in a sense he is a victim 
from what we can see in the start he's a victim of obviously problems of mental health of i mean since he is committing suicide trying to commit suicide rather but at the same time we then seem projected as a bully so i mean that as we already as the movie starts we already have this amount of ambiguity surrounding what is the nature of the characters i mean especially this character the character of of, of shoya but then one specific scene i mean in particular that i would like to talk about here is the kind of climax of bullying when shoya he he pulls out her her ear ear earring aids in in with i mean so much force that her ears end up bleeding i mean we we see blood flowing out of her ears so i mean i mean of course th- there were some more more petty instances of that where where he would just do that and run and then nothing major would happen there but when we see the blood flowing out of her ears in that gruesome way i mean the aesthetic of the film is not a gruesome one it's it's a kind of very beautiful very beautiful images we can see throughout throughout the film excellent animation by kyoto animation by the way it's extremely good but i mean that sudden that sudden red color that sudden harshness of the blood there it really creates this kind of grim image you know of what kind of bullying is happening against her against shoko look i'll just want to say this when we are talking about this film it's important to understand that it's a film about a bully who is not a bully anymore he's the person who's getting bullied now and this is something we hardly see in a film like i've watched many films like you can just get any film and say that the hero is the person who's getting bullied and the villain is the person who bullies but this film is about change it's about a change it's about redemption of a character and shoya's character is more than redeemed in this film but the fact is that when we're talking about something like bullying in preteen ages is it i i'd like to ask you this question should we actually be concerned about how bullying is taken up uh, by parents in general when we're talking about uh a film like a silent voice when we see a silent voice the teachers basically in this film and all the adults in the film they are hardly doing anything to actually prevent whatever is happening to the students uh, do you do you feel the same way i i guess i i just had that feeling i mean that's an interesting point i mean you it's sort of almost like the teacher is as frustrated with her uh, with shoko as the students are but it's somewhat more resigned about it somewhat less vocal about it because i mean but yes, but shouldn't you think that the teacher shouldn't be actually that angry with shoya but should actually try to help shoya it's know, i i feel it's an interesting thought i know i mean what i feel in the film is that the teacher does not really feel genuinely compassionate even for shoko because i mean the only time it became an issue is when her parents got got involved that's when the when the teacher started taking some action so i mean i find it highly implausible that he would not have noticed anything prior to that point you know what i mean so i think there was a lack of compassion generally whether it was for Sho- for shoya or shoko i mean and then i mean the the fact is that that the entire class was in a sense most of the class was responsible for the bullying that was happening but the moment he is singled out he gets alienated you know alienation is one very important thing here as far as i can see so 
I think that of course there should have been some attempt not to alienate him. But do you not see? I mean, this is just a thought. I'm not saying this with any amount of certainty. But suppose he did not have this alienation, would he have the same desire to redeem himself that he did? Look, what I believe is that this film, one thing which it does brilliantly is show that Shoya is not a villain, and. I guess that's a very important thing. Like I, I, re, I am reiterating it from what I said before that uh, this film is a film which doesn't show typical heroes and villains. And I guess that's all. That's what all animes do. Like basically, you can take any anime. Every character has purpose, and that purpose is always shown through some medium. And here, it's shown visually and like. I, I guess I've said this before, but this film is so much more visual than any other film I've seen. Like it's an animated film, but the cinematography is absolutely amazing. I mean, one thing is that I would not like to generalize and say that this, like this kind of layered uh, concept of having layered characters, I don't think that's endemic to every anime as such. I mean, some good ones like Silent Voice, of course, yes, it is. But I mean, yeah. I mean, since you're you're talking about the the, the visual the visual um, aspect of this film, it is amazing. I mean, am- amazing is it becomes a sort of generic term when talking about these kind of things. But what happens with the with this film is that we it it is cinema cinematographed in such a way that you feel a kind of a kinship a kind of connection with every, with nearly every character you know because what what we see is now one important part is like the face shots that we see in this film you know when it when it when it looks towards a person's face so what we can see is that there was a kind of malice that was always that was that, that one could perceive through through the way the shots were focused on shoya towards the beginning of the film however when it proceeds what we see is that what we see is that there is a kind of look of of innocence on him a kind of a kind of look of wanting to do good and then one more thing is that one more thing is the idea of characters and the distances between them what we can always notice in in this film i mean in terms of the shots in terms of the cinematography is that we very we are often seeing scenes where one person is surrounded by nothingness you know you often see scenes where one person is alone not close to any other person whether this applies to shoya or or whether it it applies to shoko because i mean the fact is that the as i see the film it is the development of a commonality between two between two people you know what i mean what, what i mean more specifically is that in the film we see two characters who are portrayed as opposites and then we see how both of them are put into situations in which they become slightly more like each other and i mean that's exactly what what happens with i mean that's exactly what happens with shoya in fact i mean he starts as the bully he ends up being the bullied he ends up being in a sense comparable to uh to shoko but you know what the difference is the difference is that he he seems less naive he seems more aware about it and as a result of that as a result of that it creates a kind of difference between the two people yet a kind of commonality in their alienation and i said this their alienation is something which is seen in the kind of shots around them 
I mean, if you if you look at, for example, the scene where they're on where they're on a bridge. I mean, where they're meeting on the on the bridge, surrounded by cherry blossoms. You can you can always look at the space around them, the space between them, the the space even to their sides. There's a kind of distance from people generally. Whether you see Shoya walking in a corridor, you see a kind of distance around them. And I mean, this alienation is uh, this alienation is something that we see it most clearly and most explicitly in the. in the, the crosses the x's that we see on people's faces you know what do you think about that look the x's is one point that i like to bring out because it's pre- pretty much what you said about anime at the start it's an a medium which actually basically lets you do things that live action films can't and the x's is a very good example of this because the fact is those x's basically very beautifully animated by the way are actually the type of things that you only think about seeing in an anime and it actually makes a lot of sense you know a person who's as alienated as a shoya is is basically always going to see people basically as marks basically they're not people for him because he's not basically uh, interacting with them and there are some very interesting points in that because many of the people who have a exes on their faces were actually his classmates during his preteens and what happens here is that the fact is that these people who actually have these exes were also the people who were bullying uh, other uh, bullying uh, shoko with uh, shoya so basically what you see is that these characters are basically have turned against shoya that's obviously there but the fact is that these characters what makes them so interesting is that they all have different ways of behaving with a uh, shoko so uh, i guess you can actually elaborate on that because those side characters what do you feel about them like there's a uh, shoya's best friend which comes a little later uh, into the film and he's the first guy who's ex drops what do you actually feel about him yeah so i think there are multiple parts to to, to what you have spoken so one thing that i that i would like to i would like to talk about this is that now the ex has multiple meanings okay firstly the ex shows distance it shows alienation okay as I, as i said before i mean that's fairly obvious but there is also a second point the second point is he does not want to see, want to see them why does he not want to see them there are two possibilities i mean there are more possibilities of course but there are two things that immediately jump out at me firstly one possibility is that he wants to punish himself he feels that he does not deserve social interaction because of the kind of person he was to shoya shoko my bad secondly a second possibility according to me is that he is afraid that he is going to hurt someone in the same way that he hurt shoko so i mean this is again just a kind of damage control that is again driven by guilt and also d- driven by by a very genuine sentiment and what i think is that the way the way in which the the x is are almost are moving around on people's faces i mean i think that they're moving about about slightly with their own motions what i think is that this this is is basically showing his disconnect it is basically showing his firstly his inability secondly his almost a lack of desire also to in, to interact with with any of with any of any of these people 
it is almost like a warning to him don't talk to this person don't approach this person don't interact with this person so i mean now and one interesting point i would like to tell you which i which i was reading somewhere is that in fact you know these are uh, these exes they were not animated into the film when it was originally being made uh, in fact they actually animated the entire film and in editing they added the exes on on, on the people so the the basic thing here is that the ex communicates a kind of ex the exes are a kind of core of the film because it explains the core condition of shoya it it explains his core condition as a person separate from others and not wanting to see people's faces not wanting to see their eyes not wanting to associate with them for the various reasons reason that i said and not being able to associate associate themselves with 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 him because i mean it's two parts one thing is he feels the ex he imagines the ex in his own mind his own subconscious but then you also have the second thing of them being exes towards him them them i mean having this attitude towards him them not want to wanting to to talk to him so i mean it is a two way thing the ex the ex is ex is a two way thing that blocks people away from him now talking about best friend now i think are talking about his best friend i think that this is particularly important because one of the key themes that i see in this film rather than bullying one of the key themes is friendship because what we see is that when he is talking to his new friend and all that his desire is to see what it means to be someone's friend because he may have had certain social interactions when he was still in in grade school but the fact that he was he ended up being betrayed the fact fact that he was betrayed by his friends like in in the sense that they all deserted him when this entire bullying thing became a huge issue i think that at that point he thought to himself i have never had friends these people are not loyal to me they are not my friends so that he wanted to know what it is to be someone's friend and now it was it was unavailable to him he did not want to try nor would he be able to try so finally when he when he makes this friendship with with this i mean with this person who he obviously had not associated himself with in the past that is something unique and the best part is that he enters into this friendship with a good with a good deed the fact that he sacrifices his own cycle for this person's well being you know so i mean not only does it show his desire to see what is friendship it also shows the evolution of the character in a more material sense that he has gone from bully to someone who is not necessarily seeking friends but someone who is being kind it seems to me for the sake of being kind you know and i mean in the most pure hearted sense out of pure concern concern for the for the person for, for tomohiro which we, that was his name so i mean so that i believe is the is is the significance of him create having a new best friend and the way the ex lifts off lifts off his face i mean that according to me clarifies the meaning of the ex the meaning of ex is simply people being hostile people not people simply not being a friend and i mean we call it or uh, we call it uh, something related we call this a romance film at times don't we look uh, what i that, believe about about the ex I, i'll just uh, i'll just want to intervene yeah, sure, here is the fact that this ex basically it's something which is not particularly about friendship i guess you were trying to get to that but the fact is that this is just about the fact that people acknowledge you and in a good way it's basically 
tending to the fact that there's a bit of positivity in the people who are actually trying to uh, greet him, not greet him, but actually there's a sense of understanding between people that there's no uh, hostility between them. And that's the fact when I, I might be jumping a little too far, but in the end of the film, when everybody's exes drop out, it's not because they've all become friends. Mm-hmm. It's because they've started acknowledging each other as good people. Not possibly not good. The fact is that acknowledgement is there. There's no more hostility. And that's something which is very important when we're talking about this film. Yeah. Like, it's basically not just about friendship. It's not just about bullying. It's basically about life. I mean, I, I agree with that completely. I mean, the, the thing is that friendship was, according to me, friendship was one path towards this acknowledgement, you know, and that's what we see with Tomohiro, the, the character of Tomohiro. But then at the end, again, we see, at the end, we basically see another another path to it simply being a change in him mentally, which is moving the X. I mean, of course, now he knows he has friends who care about him. So not only do the exes leave his friends, they leave all the people people around him. So I mean, that is again showing the showing the inward effort, the inward, not effort necessarily, but the inward act of dispelling the kind of hostility that is part perceived, part real. You know what I mean? And yes, acknowledgement is the core of that, isn't it? I know, exactly. Like, this film really makes you think about all these things like no other film has ever done. And that's why I'm just saying, if you still not watched it after so many spoiler alerts, just do yourself a favor and just go along with it. It's just a very emotional ride. And it's something that you feel yourself. You're going to be surprised totally and how well made the film is. Like there are such integrate details in them, this film, like in the start and in the end, like you can see, I guess you can see two silhouettes of people who are actually going, two very small silhouettes. And those are basically the main protagonists, Shoya and Shoko. What what basically do you think about that? Why, why did the director actually want to show us the silhouettes of the two main characters in a very, very small, a font or very small image and that also it's also put in the end what's the significance of that basically i mean that image we see that image of i mean i noticed this too but we, we see that image of, of, a, of a silhouette very unclearly in the beginning okay and but uh, what 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 we see is if i'm not wrong are they they, they are very dark figures right surrounded by light the two yes yes so if, uh, so if that is what, what I recall, my view of this is that it is now showing the unity of these two people in the darkness of their experience. I mean, there are two people who have gone through such things, both of them. I mean, together they have gone through such experiences of bullying, of alienation, etc. So, I mean, that is what we see unites them. That's why they are both together black surrounded by that that, that light in that silhouette that, that, that we see finally. And I mean... I mean, no, it's not necessarily black, but it's just the absence of absence of, of, of any any color there. And around them, you have this bright white light. I mean, or it's yellowish, I think. And I think that light 
around them it represents the possibilities of the future of their relationship whether a friendship whether romantic etc i think that it shows how the unity of the darkness of their experiences is now taking them forward to a brighter future of acknowledgement of of i mean some amount of self esteem also and yes and the desire that i'm not desire but the the belief that yes things will be good things will be better and we are not miserable people because i think that again being miserable is another is another issue that we see throughout the film i mean anything else you you think about that silhouette that we encounter towards the end of the film look that i honestly found that very interesting because the factors why show us that in the first place because the factors that we don't know anything about these characters in the start but still the director thought about putting it and i guess that was the right decision because the fact is that we are constantly reminded about these characters and what the symbolic references these characters are actually making so when we're talking about these crosses when we're talking about these silhouettes going into the light we can only think about the ways in which the directors actually trying to bring out symbolism in this film and it's absolutely um it's very interesting basically that it makes you want to actually uh, think about such things with such integrate details and i guess now we should talk about a very important scene in this whole film which is the attempted suicide of uh, shoko yeah. which is which was a very very intense scene for many reasons because as we all know at this stage i i am guessing you watched the film okay uh the most important thing which happens here is that shoya almost sacrifices himself to actually save shoko and he falls down he's hospitalized and everything happens now there are two very important things here which we need to discuss firstly the fact is what was going on in shoya's mind why why was she trying to commit suicide like we all know that she's been very naive in uh, her way uh, of going around with things and she's someone who's constantly tried to be very optimistic and this was a very drastic turn for her even though when we could have thought that she was a person who might be going through such emotions because she was actually dealing with a lot of bullying but the fact that she took that drastic step that was a very interesting fact and the way shoya said her, that's also very interesting because as you know he feels the guilt he feels the guilt of actually making uh, shoko to what she did and i think so that's another important thing that we need to discuss yeah so i'll, I'll tell you what i think about that what i think is that it is not just a guilt of, of it is not just shoya's guilt it is also shoko's guilt i mean the thing is that one common uh, one thing that is co- that is happening to shoko throughout the movie is that she is blaming herself in that she now she has really developed a l- strong feelings for shoya at i mean by this time it's very clear i mean it's very it's all pretty much romantic feelings very visibly at this point of the film and what we see is that shoya is more or less a miserable person and she blames that on him that she thinks on herself i mean shoko thinks that she is making shoya miserable and shoya thinks that he has made shoko miserable and both of them are are feeling guilty as a result of that shoko is is willing to kill herself to help i mean i i mean to 
to free Shoya of what she perceives as a burden, and Shoya is willing to kill, is to willing to die himself to protect Shoko. So I mean, it is a double sacrifice here. One is sacrificing. One is willing to sacrifice uh, themselves or else themselves for the other, and it's two ways. I mean, he's willing to sacrifice himself for her, and she is willing to sacrifice herself for him. I mean, that is the. I mean, but both of them are deluded in a sense. Both of them are bl- are blaming each other where it is not needed, where it is wrong. I mean, at a point of time, the fact is that she was originally the victim, and a lot of the a lot of the problems that Shoya was going through, it was it was very much, it was not it was it not in any way her fault in as far as what I see in that, she may have caused it in a sense. Her presence may have caused it. But look, uh, I just want to intervene here and say that someone like uh, Shoko, basically, yeah. she's someone who throughout the film is kept on apologizing for behaviors which uh, she has nothing to do with. Like she has almost never been on the wrong in this film, and the fact is, most of the times it was the other people who were bullying her, and they weren't the people who were actually apologizing. It was her who was apologizing. and that's her nature basically and she feels that way that she's the one to blame for it because i think so that has something to do with the way her disability is being portrayed the fact that it's her fault and that's something another thing that the film makes us think i mean it's basically the as what i was just saying is that it is a conflation of existence and actually causing some i mean actually willingly causing something I mean, obviously, her her presence in this, her if she was not there, we would not have have this situation. But the fact is that her presence is not her own doing. Okay, what I mean is the fact that she's there cannot be blamed on her. the The way things happen, she did not make any conscious decision to create a situation of that sort. Nor did she make an unconscious decision. It is not her decisions that have led to this. So I mean, it is. Somewhat irrational, but it is also understandable if you if you look at what her situation was. I mean, so yes, I I I think that that the fact I'll tell you what I think. I would like to I would like to tie this back into into a previous a part of our discussion. It was that what we see is that these are two people who, in a very large sense, their problems are in fact being caused. not solely by themselves but in fact in fact the the many people around them and the situations that they are creating and totally. i think and i think this ties back to the we were talking on that silhouette of them i mean it was a, it I'll t- let me describe this i remembered a bit more about of this what we see is that we have a dark background okay and then we have we we have a we have a bright circle a circular kind of thing and within that merging with the the black background we have two two dark figures so i mean they are clearly arising from that from that dark background so what we can see is that the people around them in a sense and the environment around them has been that darkness and they are emerging from that from that 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 darkness you see and then the fact that they are emerging from that they are emerging from that darkness shows that it is the darkness around them that has caused at least in part their own darkness and their own their own the, the own problems of their experience so i mean then what we see is that 
I I I believe the uh, the bright circle then expands, doesn't it? So I mean that that shows the transcendence of this of what the surrounding of what the environment and the people around them has done to them. Now you know honestly, what I feel is that the black circles mm-hmm. in general they just set a very optimistic tone for the end of the film. I mean, the, 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 not the black circle, but the the bright yellow circle. No, no. I'm I'm so sorry. Yeah. I, I I don't know what was I thinking. Yeah, yeah. Black circles. Why will they basically no, no, be I'm, I'm optimistic? All the people around them, the optimism, despite what had happened, the background look the past. The film just ends in a flash. You can see a bright yeah, exactly. light, and that's that's the optimistic hope for the future. Yeah, exactly. And obviously, we we don't expect any sequels being made for this film because it's absolutely perfect. But the fact is, that's how a film should end. I mean, it should take you through a emotional journey. Obviously, we look, we can see many different films of the same type, and we are going to discuss it, uh, discuss about them in our later shows. But I guess Silent Voice was probably the best way to kick our shows off, and I guess this is a very interesting start to Anime Atlas. What do you think about that, Shivang? Yeah, I, I think it's a, I think it's a, it's a nice start. We started with a film that that is just bursting with meaning, you know. I know. Like, I guess this is actually a very good way to end the show. We actually this this was a very great discussion. You actually we can just see how much knowledge such films have, and that's another thing that anime actually have. has basically when we are talking about films like our parents and everybody else is they're just uh, they're just trash but anime and they are not basically trash they have so much more meaning than you can actually imagine because anime in general is a medium like i've said it's art and that's something we should take away from this podcast i mean I think I I I completely agree agree with the sentiments that you have just expressed, and what I think that I would like to end with finally, is that we have done a kind of critical critical discussion on the things that we interpret here, but what I want to say is that nothing we say is absolute. You know, it is the way we perceive. I mean, that is the nature of art. That nature of art is that art does not exist in itself. art exists in the multitude of reactions and thoughts that it can inspire so what i would like to say is that whatever we say here i i want this to serve as i mean if you have seen the film perhaps i wanted to be just as a starting point you know we have not discussed everything i would like i would like like everyone watching this to perhaps i mean if you haven't already to continue or to start thinking more thinking deeply and critically about it i mean we have spoken about some direction some general some general ideas but i think that more than giving people ideas what we would like to do is 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 i mean give show them the possibility of this kind of investigation into into the, the things the things that that we watch of course and i think that we have just given a kind of base of what we perceive and we hope that you would go far further, further with many of these things discover discover your your own symbolisms within within the the movie the your own nuances which you which you notice etc this is mainly basically a, basically discover your own voice exactly from a silent voice a little bit of fun there 
exactly. you guys. Exactly. Discover, discover your own voice, your own thoughts, your own interpretation. We are just sharing our own, and we hope that helps you in a, in a way. Okay, guys. This is where we basically uh, end our first show. Shivang, what is our second show basically going to be about? Or is it a suspense? Uh, I think we should leave it in suspense. It's going to be next week for sure, but let's see what it's going to be. Okay, guys, we'll catch you later. Hope you like the show. Yeah. Thank you. We hope so. We hope that you like the show and enjoyed it. Thanks a lot. <laughs>